Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Father in heaven, thank you so much for the power of the word. For the, for the way that, the, that your word has, has intertwined with us and how we can learn it and, and apply it and that, uh, that, you can, that you will change our lives. Father, we're so grateful for that. I pray for those who will be watching uh, whenever they watch, uh, that they will be inspired, they will be uplifted, uh, they will learn and grow from the, from the things that we talk about today and the things that you have said uh, over the centuries. Father, thank you for that. Bless us today as we study. And it's in the name of your son we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to be uh, well, we're going to be kind of moving through the text uh, quite a bit. Last week we were in Exodus chapter 24 mm -hmm. and we saw the Israelites through Moses, Moses acting as intercessor, yep. accepted the covenant, and then Moses went back up on the mountain with Joshua. He left Aaron and her, I believe, uh, behind to mm -hmm. watch over the people, and he has gone up into the mountain and he is up there, and he begins receiving these instructions from God. Um, with that in mind, Dan, how is it? How important is it? Um, for, let me. It's going to be two questions, actually. So, why should we care what God has to say in the first place? Which that seems kind of like an easy one. But you then, mean in the Old Testament? Not just in the Old Testament, but but in general, why should we care what God has to say about us, about our lives, and why should we? do what he has to say right in first well, john he'll say those who obey those who follow my commands mm -hmm. right um the importance of that he'll talk about that so why is that important why is it important to listen to what god has to say about us and why is it why should we do what he says well we just celebrated mother's day yeah okay and why was it important you know and i understand that not everybody had great great family life and all that but let's say you did uh why was it was it important for you to listen to what your mother had to say why was it important? I mean, what did, did it have any value at all? As you got older and had your own kids, did you find out it had value at all? Sure, absolutely. Okay, so so then it was important to listen. Yeah. It was important to listen. And if it's important to listen to, then it's important to navigate through and say, okay, I need to I need to pay attention. If I'm going to listen to this and it's important enough to listen to, maybe it's important enough for me to apply it to my life. Maybe it is. And, and I think that's, that's the answer to the question in a nutshell. I mean, you know, God knows better than I do about everything. And if, it's, if he, he is important enough, to, and the things he says is important enough to listen to, and, and I'm going to find out when I start really listening the way I'm supposed to with my heart, uh, I'm going to find there's a lot of things that I need to make an application of in my life. There's a lot of things he's telling me that I need to, I need to be aware of and, and to do. Uh, so, 
you know, if he's, if, if I open the book and he's warning me about something or he's telling me to do something or he's telling me stay away from something or this is not good, this is not healthy, uh, I, I need to pay attention. The reason people have trouble in the world today is they don't listen enough to what God has to say. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the whole, the whole, uh, the whole dynamic of our society anymore is they've gotten away from that God being important. You know, some of us are, have gotten back to that and saying, you know what? It's a, and sadly, even people in church doesn't make any difference what God says. Doesn't make any difference. I'm going to go to church, get my ticket punched, you know, get my check mark for the day, and I'm going to be good. Doesn't make any difference what God says. You know, I mean, on any given Sunday when most guys are preaching, they're not, they're preaching to about half of the people that are in there because the other half are not paying attention. Mm. They've got an, other agendas. I'm, you know, I'm going to go do this, so where I'm going to go eat, where am I going to, I'm going to go to the lake, or I'm going to, go, whatever, you know, and, and, which is, uh, is okay if that's what you want to do. God gives you the freedom to do that. That's right. But, but He has, He has given us a book. That's uh, that's mapping out his plan. You asked me today, uh, earlier today, you know, what were my plans? I got to be 70. And, you know, that plan started a long time ago. Okay. I didn't fulfill some of it, but it got started a long time ago. I had plans to do this and this and this, you know, and now I'm looking at it saying, you know, most of my time is over with and I'm not going to fulfill some of those things in my life, which is fine. But God's put a plan in place. Here's the plan. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about this. I'm going to tell you about life. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you his life and I'm going to show you how to stay connected to him. And then I'm going to show you, he's going to come back. Pretty simple. Yeah. It's a simple book when you really get down to it. Sure. It's a lot of complicated stuff, but it's a simple book. You know, when you get down to it, because all God's trying to do is tell me, I got, uh, I got a plan and you need to pay attention. And that's exactly what we see here in the text. Absolutely. And, and we, we see that God is, you know, when, when we get into this section, this is one of those breaks, right? Yeah. Where the narrative breaks. And we and, told you guys we were going we yeah. to get to a place where we we're going to skip a lot of text, you know, at, in certain places. That's and right. this is one of them. Well, and, and so what's going on, right? Narratively, so according to the story, Moses has gone up on the mountain. The clouds formed. Moses is up there with Joshua, and God is speaking to Moses about covenant things he's he's giving him a list of things to do right Mm -hmm. and in this section of text that's what god is talking about so from exodus 25 to about 32 it's all god relaying to moses this is what this is important stuff right this is how we're setting up the priesthood this is how you're doing sacrifices this is how you're going to build the tabernacle these are the people i've already sprung up in your midst mm-hmm. they're going to help you build the tabernacle he's giving him all of this information a really important thing he says in exodus chapter 25 he says in exodus chapter 25 verse 40 he says see that you make them according to the pattern shown you mm-hmm. on the mountain mm-hmm. now this is really important mm-hmm. this whole the whole tabernacle so a tabernacle is a tent mm-hmm. right this is going to be god's house this yep. is where god's going to dwell in the midst of the Israel camp as they move about the desert, as they're moving into the promised land. Okay. Yeah. So this is what, this is going to be God's house, God's tent in the middle of these people. And it's incredibly important. It's very, very important that Moses follow the exact pattern on how to put this thing together on how the priests come in and out. And we're going to see just how important that is in Leviticus chapter nine. Yes. Because a couple of guys are going to violate that chapter 10, rather. Um, yeah, that's right. Chapter 10. Um, the couple of guys are going to violate that and they're going to do whatever they want to do and they're going to suffer for it. Two people that were there when God showed up on that on that hot pathway of, of the blue. Lapis Lazul. Uh, Lazuli, yeah, that yeah. Uh, sapphire. Yeah. And, you know, so two guys that were there. So they saw this. So why, but why, you know, you just said 
God has a plan. He's working. He knows mm -hmm. what he knows more than me. Mm -hmm. Why is this so important? Does the scriptures, did the scriptures tell us why this matters? Why should so I care? Why should we care? Why, why should I care how a box was built? That's right. Yeah. Why should I care what, what it had on it? Why yeah. should I care, you know, whether a, whether a priest is going to wear a linen ephod or not? Why, why should I care if a priest? Because, because everything here points us to Christ. Everything. Everything about this priesthood, everything about the box, everything about the tabernacle. The tabernacle, like you said, is a tent. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a tent forever. When Solomon comes along, Solomon is going to build the temple. And the temple is going to look just like this on the inside. That's it's right. going to have all the same places on the inside. Because when Jesus dies on the cross, the the, the curtain that covers this, this one place that he talks about, this most holy place that the high priest could only go into, the high priest could only go in once a year. He always had to take blood with him. That's right. To cover sin, well, that that curtain is going to be ripped from top to bottom. It's going to be opened up. Well, the significance of that is this is over. This is over, and Jesus says it is finished on the cross. That's what he meant. This this system is different. It's over. I'm bringing in a new covenant with my own blood. But it, it's, it's what he says in Hebrews chapter twenty five and verse forty is is extremely important. When he says, "You make sure you do what I tell you. Do it exactly like I tell you." I'm going to tell you some stuff on a mountain and you make sure you don't deviate to the right or the left. Every inch, every centimeter, every every gold piece needs to be right where I told you. That's right. And and I'm going to take you to the book of Hebrews, you know, and I want you to look at chapter 8. And he in in chapter 8 he's talking about the high priest, okay? Because Jesus is called a high priest after Melchizedek, which means that he is a priest that doesn't that that God appoints. Not one that, because over here we talk about that Aaron's going to be the priest. It comes from the seed line of Aaron, from the tribe of Leviticus. I mean, from the tribe of Levi. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus doesn't trace his lineage from Levi. Trace his lineage from Judah. Well, no priest ever came from Judah. So Jesus has to be appointed like Melchizedek was. Mm -hmm. Melchizedek doesn't have a, a lineage of history, of, of heritage, of priesthood. And so Jesus comes on the scene, and that's significant because we don't understand any of this if we don't understand all of this. Right. You have to understand this to understand this. So God has to do this thousands of years before so that we'll understand this now. That's right. And so when you read, when you go to chapter 8 and start in verse 1, they said, now the main point of what we are saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. You know? How did he go in? He went in to where the, that's where the most holy place was. That's where the ark was. What was significant about the ark? That's where God sat. Yeah. It's, called the, it's called the mercy, mercy seat. seat. That's yeah. where he, that he sat there between the two angels. Which how often, you know, if you think of Solomon on his throne, what is he doing, doing there? He's dispensing judgment, right? Dispensing judgment. Yet God's throne is always a throne of mercy. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. I, I need a lot of mercy. I do life. too. I do too. <laughs> and he says here, he said, who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle, set up by the Lord, not by a mere human being. So now you know he's going to talk about what what's over here. This is a tabernacle set up by a human being. That's right. It's so a set up by a human being. Yep. That he told them, make sure you do exactly what I tell and you. And we see that when Moses is up on the mountain in Exodus 25 through 30. Yep. This is God's going to give all those all, ordinances, all those all instructions. These, all these furnishings, the, yeah. the altar of incense, the tabernacle. I mean, the, the how the tabernacle is going to be built. Where the yeah. table with the bread on it. How you gonna, what kind of skins are you going to use? Yeah. You know, what about the ark? The ark that was so important to them through their whole history was so important. Now that people I saw on Discovery Channel the other day, they're looking for the ark again. They think they're going to find this ark. You know, they, they what 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 it would do if we found the ark? What would you mean? What it would do? Yeah. I know it's there. It's I got it right here. 
tells me. So here he said, he says, uh, uh, in, in verse 3, he says, every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. And so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. If we were on earth, he would not be a priest, for there are already priests who offer the gift prescribed by the law. They serve in a sanctuary that is a copy and a shadow of what is in heaven. That This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build a tabernacle, see to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. And that's but Exodus 25.40. That's 25.40. started with, yeah. And, and he says, but in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as, is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is a mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. That's right. So when you read this over here, guys, you're reading about the future of Jesus. Here's coming Jesus. He's going to come and show you the real deal. This was always just a copy, a shadow. Pointing us towards Pointing Jesus. us to Christ. That's what the Old Testament does, guys. It points us to Jesus. So when you look at this and you say, okay, I'm going to look at 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31. All of it, every chapter, there is God telling Moses, okay, do this this way. That's right. Why? Because God has already set up the real tabernacle. What are we going to see in heaven? We're going to see the real tabernacle. Well, and what is God working towards in all of this? He's working. I mean, let's go all the way back to Genesis 3.15. He's looking yep. at that snake and saying, this, 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 the seed of woman is coming and yep. he's going to crush you on the head. So God, you know, it's it's so funny. We're going to talk about it in my Wednesday night class tonight. We're going to talk about predestination. Mm -hmm. um, we mentioned it briefly because oh, it's man, one of I'll the things. To I'll come to your class. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things that uh, God promises in his new covenant, right? Is he He's predestining the church to mm -hmm. do things, mm -hmm. right? He has an intent in mind with the church. And so we talked about it and I could tell that it was a, a tension point. So we, we're going to dive into and, and do a brief survey of what the scriptures actually talk about when it talks about predestination. What is God predetermining? What is he working towards, right, before the creation of the world? And the answer is redemption. Because most of the people, or many people, when they hear that term, that word, they think, oh, God's picking and choosing people. Right. They think that God is predetermining who is who he he's pre-choosing people to send to hell. That's where we, we get focused yeah, on that. Right. And that's not true at all. No. God is where is God predetermining? He is predetermining a way of salvation. He's exactly predetermining right. a way of sanctification. He's exactly predetermining right. a way of redemption to and bring we have us that all back. Here. Here's and part of that. It's all here, yeah. Here's part of that predetermining. It, it's like an insane. God has worked strenuously since before the foundations of the world to bring people back to him. And not just some people, certain people, all people. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then and then we can look in the New Testament and there are multiple places where it, that's confirmed to us because God says his will, his desire is that all people repent. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now he knows that's not going to happen. Yeah. And we can look at, at examples like in the Exodus with Pharaoh. God knew what Pharaoh was going to choose, but he still gave him opportunities. Yeah. Paul talks about the same thing in Romans, uh, in Romans 9 and 10. And so there's a lot of places that you've got to look at in these areas but what is god's intent and his will and we see it here we saw it in genesis chapter 3 i'm bringing jesus because it's through jesus that i'm going to bring people back to me yeah and absolutely. so it's it's so cool um guys i want to encourage you on your own jump go through these sections of text um that's what's being talked about here god is showing moses and the ancient israelites the way in which where they're going to be brought back to him now it's a shadow, it's a it's a example of the thing that is coming of what Jesus will actually do. 
when he dies on the cross, when he takes his blood into the most holy of holies, and he scatters it on the mercy seat to cover for the sins of all of us. And so it's this really beautiful picture. I want to encourage you to go through that. And something you're going to find out is it's very specific. It is very specific. Yeah. I mean, I've just, I just read one verse here. Make a courtyard for the tabernacle. The south side should be 100 cubits long and have curtains yeah. of finely twisted linen. You mean, they? it was very, when they make the ark, I mean, they have to hammer it with pure gold. Mm -hmm. You know, they have to lay it with pure. I mean, it's very specific. I mean, all the way down to their garments. Yeah. You know, like this is, uh, oh gosh, I don't even know what chapter. Exodus 28, 31, talking about the priestly garments. So they're going to establish Aaron as a high priest and his sons are going, the, the tribe of Levi is going to be priests. And then Aaron's sons will hold the office of high priest forever, right? Yeah. Or that's the idea for, not really forever, but until Jesus comes, yeah. right? And so... He says in uh, 2831, make the robe of the ephod entirely of blue cloth with an opening for the head in its center. There shall be a woven edge like a collar around this opening so that it will not tear. Make pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet yarn around the hem of the robe with gold bells between them. I mean, this is incredibly detailed. Yeah, incredibly, incredibly detailed. And it was very important that they do everything but just you know, as God said. There's a text, and I didn't look it up. There's a text where God says he he gave crap men to be craftsmen. That's right. Yeah. They could do this and yeah. do it. And I don't remember where that is, but but it, but he but he inspired people to 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 be raised up to be able to do these things, to to build these things the way they were supposed to be built. To have the insight and the understanding to build them the right way. You know, so in Exodus 31, verse 1, then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezal, son of Uri, and son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, wow, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set the stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Ohalab, son of Ahasmach, of the tribe of Dan to help him. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. You know, church, we have everything we need because yeah. God God knows what we need and he's supplying it before we need it. It's God's family. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like your little kids, okay? You know, we've said this before. Your little kids are completely content. I've watched them, mm -hmm. right? They're completely, why? Because mama and daddy are supplying everything they need. Yeah. They don't have to worry about going to work. They don't have to work. You know, they just, you know, y'all are homeschooling them. So they, they don't have to worry about going to school and being bullied at school or any of that stuff. You know, they just have, they just have, have to live as children. That's right. You know, and here I just have to live as a child. That's right. To, to be obedient because my father is providing me everything I need. Like here, he's still doing that. He'll still providing us everything we need. Is there any, you know, and I'm thinking second Timothy three sixteen right now. Mm -hmm. Is there anything the church that God expects the church to do that he hasn't already provided us everything we need to do it. No. You know, I mean, it, there is, it's not, it's not a mystery guys. God expects us to lead holy lives before him, to lead lives that bring him glory and honor. And it's not, it's not, it shouldn't be a question mark. And if it is, let's sit down and get into the text. Mm -hmm. We need to do some more Bible study because Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, we have everything we need for this. Mm -hmm. There's, it's not a mystery. I don't have to go out. He's going to tell Moses in a little bit, you know, you don't have to go, or Moses, I think is going to tell the people actually, but you know, we don't have to go up on the mountain and look for it. We don't have to go across the sea to find it. We have everything we need. There's nothing that God expects of us yep. that he hasn't already provided, that he has already given that we can do. Yeah. He's already done. Just like he did here. He's done it in his church because guess what? This is all going to culminate 
in the inception of the church. Yeah. This is to get us to the church. Yeah. So if, I mean, if God's end goal is the church, because it's in the church that we have salvation and redemption and holiness and all of these things, if that's his goal to get there and he was willing to go to this extent for them here, how much more so do you think he's willing to go well, and work on behalf of the church? How important is your house to you? How important is your family? How important oh is your gosh. wife and your three kids to you? How important is your household? To you? Everything. Well, God, Paul writes to Timothy and says the church is the household of God. That's right. So how important do you think the household of God is to him? Absolutely. He's the father. How, mothers, you know, how important was your family to you? How important was your household to you? What were you willing to do for your household? Well, God loves his household more than you love yours. And, and so everything that's the, it's here, he's telling us, okay, I've given you everything you need. And he's said, I'm going to, and he's not in here. He's, he's restate. He's going to restate the whole law again in, Le, in Leviticus. He gives it in the law and in Deuteronomy. He's going to give it to him again. They, they do it actually a lot because Moses will tell Joshua, right? When you go into the land, do this again. Yeah. And he does, he does it actually twice. He does it in Joshua. I think it's uh eight per chance. He gets all the people on Mount Ebal and Gershom and they speak the law to each other mm -hmm. and they set up an Ebenezer, a stone to witness what they've done. And then, uh, you know, I'm not hundred percent on the Ebenezer. I know they set up a stone. I don't know if he calls it an Ebenezer there. Anyway, um, setting that aside, that's a maybe, but then at the end of Joshua 24, before he dies, he has him do it again. Mm -hmm. And you know what he tells him in 24? Choose for your day, yourself this day whom you will serve. He tells him in Joshua 24, put away your idols. Yeah. My goodness, they're still carrying around their idols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and yet... And, but we're laughing, but we do the same thing. Oh, we do. But, you know, what's so funny is, look, just look at how ridiculous these people were. And it's not how, so, how ridiculous we are sometimes. Yeah. And God is so patient. And yet people yeah. will come to God and yeah. say, well, God, God... God is working towards our destruction. God is choosing people from before the creation to be destroyed. Are you joking? What are you talking about? Look at how patient he is with people. Yeah. Look at how long-suffering yeah. he is. Mm -hmm. He's putting up with these people and their sin over and over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the way. I mean, he puts up with this, Dan, you know as well as I do. Think about 1 Kings and 2 Kings. He puts up with this all the... For, like about what about a thousand years almost yeah. he puts up with this before he finally looks at this people and says i've had enough you've completely rejected me you're you're like my you're like my wife who has gone and, and adulterated herself with other people i've divorced you i'm done with you and he and he even has a prophet have a have a prostitute for a wife so he will know so he'll understand you know the, the uh, horror hosea yeah, is is has a wife named Gomer who is a prostitute, so he'll know how God feels having a prostitute for a wife. the The amount of work that God has done to pursue us is unfathomable. It's un, it's unbelievable. It's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah, and and why he's so why he's so overjoyed when one sinner repents, when one sinner repents, you know he understands. Jesus understood. Jesus told us how difficult it was going to be. To get to heaven, that the way is wide and broad leads to destruction, and many there'll be that find it. So Moses is up on this mountain. He's receiving all of this stuff, and it's all pointing towards Christ. It's all really important stuff because God is like, hey, and he's not telling him here, 
but he's saying he is telling them the importance of putting all this stuff mm -hmm. together correctly yeah. and doing it exactly as I've yeah. said, mm -hmm. because it's by this way that you're going to know that you have redemption in Jesus through right. Jesus. Right? right. And so it's so, so important. God is working to their redemption. He's working to their salvation in Exodus 30, uh, 31, 18. It says, when the Lord finished speaking to Moses, speaking about what? About the future redemption of mankind, about how God is going to bring these people, all people, back to himself. Mm -hmm. When he finishes speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him two tablets of covenant law, the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. And so God is working so strenuously to bring these people back, to do everything that is necessary. So I'm sure they're all down at the bottom of the mountain offering sacrifices, singing praises to God, no, no, worshiping no, no, him no, no, for no, his no. majesty, thanking him for their for their deliverance. Surely that's what's going on at the bottom no, of this it's mountain. Not. No, it's not. No. No. If you haven't read Exodus 32, jump over there. We're going to we're going to read it. And we're talk not going to have it. a lot of time to finish it. Though. We're not. And we're not and we're we're going to come back. We're going to do this next class, but in Exodus chapter 32, God is working hard for the redemption of all people, explaining to Moses the things that must be done. But when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming, now remember I said earlier in Exodus, what was I think 20, mm -hmm. the people rejected God. Yep. They told Moses, you go deal with this. We can't, yeah, right? 20, 20, yep. Here's the culmination of it. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, you know, how long did they wait? Dex doesn't tell us, but I wonder that. I how, how long? I don't know. I don't know. They gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened. Um, so I just want to want to point this out. In the Hebrew, it is not one hundred percent, and I and I and my I disagree with the interpretation here. I just want to make sure this is understood. In the Hebrew, this is not one hundred percent God's God. Okay, because what Aaron is going to say, right, when he the golden calf comes out, he will say, "This is this is the God who led us up out mm -hmm. of Egypt." Right, so. It's not what we what we're to understand here is the people are not going back into paganism. They're making Yahweh an image for him. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing. So it isn't it isn't that the people are sitting here in their mind completely rejecting this God. Now they are. They are completely rejecting him, but what they're trying to do is they're trying to take God in his glory and magnificence and boil it down to a concept they can understand. That's what happens today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sitting there thinking, I'm saying, these are, this guy they're going to be talking to is a guy that was just up there and saw this, this, this God on this street of blue. What do you think the vast majority of denominations are today? Mm. This. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, peace. Trying to make God into something they can grab, put their mind around. They're trying to make God in their own image. And that's exactly what happens. So Aaron says, come, make us, or they tell Aaron, come, make us, make us God, this God, who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So Aaron answered them, take off your gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. See, Aaron didn't stand back and say, no, 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 this is a bad idea. Mm -hmm. He just went along with it. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol, cast in the shape of a calf, Fashioning it, fashioning it with a tool. All things they've already been told that they do not need to do. Then they, uh, then they said, these are your God. Again, this God's is not, this could be easily could be singular. Mm -hmm. So this, this is your God, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. 
When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced tomorrow. Notice what he says here. Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. This is all caps. This is Yahweh. He's literally saying tomorrow there will be a festival to Yahweh God. So it's not that they're creating a new pantheon. It's they're taking the, the majesty. The problem is, is we can do, we can, we can fool ourselves into thinking this is a good thing. We end up worshiping <laughs> yeah, the idol. Yes. That's just what we do. Yes. So when, when John tells them at the end of first John, little children, <laughs> keep yourselves from the idols. idols. Yeah. What is he talk actually talking about? He's not talking about, he's not, I don't think he's truly thinking that, oh, the, the church is going to go back to worshiping stone. No, he's, he's thinking these, these people that went out from us, they've tried to make God in their own image. Mm -hmm. They've tried to bring God down or they've tried to reject who he really is. They're trying to change what God is. And they're trying to say that there's another way. It's not about loving your neighbor as yourself. Rather, it's about doing whatever you want and doing all these things. And John's saying, no, 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 that's not the case. Mm -hmm. He's looking back right here to the Exodus and saying, this is what the Hebrews did. They, this is this is the the you want to talk about original sin for a second for the for the Hebrew nation this is original sin, right? This is this is what they did and they break covenant with God. Now, if our God was so intent on destruction, He'd destroy them right here. He'd destroy them right here. Yeah, He'd destroy them right here. Now, I'm not saying there isn't conversation about it. There well, some is. of them are gonna die. Some and some of them are some gonna, are gonna die. die there, look, church, there's consequences to sin. Yeah. I will tell you right now that your relationship with God is not based on sin. It's not. Because if it was, he would have never redeemed you. He'd have killed you already. He'd have killed you already. Killed but you. what I will say is once because you make Romans, covenant. Romans tells us for all yeah. of sin and come short of the glory of God. That's right. Yeah. You know? And it said, and in chapter six, he said the, for the wage of sin is death. Absolutely. But the free gift of God is eternal life through his son. And so, so we need to understand, church, once we enter into covenant relationship with God, like they have, all of a sudden... If you keep sinning, if you keep doing those things, that's a big deal. That's, that's a, big a big deal. deal. And so sometimes there are consequences to that. Hebrews chapter 12 talks about that. With It's chapter 12 with uh, discipline. Mm -hmm. Where he says, don't yeah. shun the discipline of your God. Don't be upset and angry because, of course, he's going to discipline they, us. Endure, endure hardship is discipline. Endure hardship is discipline. Mm -hmm. So that's not necessarily saying that all hardship that we're going to face no. is discipline. Sometimes we we face hardship and suffering because that we brought on people. ourselves. Sometimes it's we brought on ourselves. Sometimes other people bring it. If your kids if your kids are in intent on doing something they should not do. That's right. right. You know, the first time and you spank them, that that is that is a hardship that you brought on discipline. But if they keep doing it and they and then they they fall into something that you knew they were going to, you know, they Doing something they shouldn't have been doing and got hurt doing it, that's on them. They did that. Well, you didn't make yeah. them do that. You told them not to. That's right. And if you do it, this could happen, and it happens. Well, and sometimes you're just driving along, and somebody runs a red light and smashes Smash into, into you, right? You. So the Hebrew writer is saying, you know, just view hardship as discipline yeah. from God. This is the yeah. way we should look at yeah. these things. But what we need to understand is not all not all hardship is necessarily because we did something, right? But these these Israelites immediately violate the covenant they immediately break the covenant aaron does not stand up for god um it aaron just goes along with the crowd mm -hmm. and how easy is it to do that yeah you know it's easy to go along to get along yeah right or get mm -hmm. what is that is that how you say yeah. go along to get along not yeah. get along to go along. yeah go along to get yeah. along so it's so easy to do that it's so easy when everybody around you is saying no no no, no. let's go do this well i know that's not the right thing aaron knows this isn't the right thing he's gonna do it anyway yeah, yeah. He's going to help them make God in their own image. That's right. 
and worship an idol. You know, yeah. we talk about a lot of times we talk about cell phones, devices, mm -hmm. all these things as, as being idols. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't bow down before a cell phone. I don't no. worship. I, I really don't. I don't necessarily agree with what's being said there. But what is making an idol? It's when we take God and we say, I'm not, I'm not going to do what you want to say. I'm not going to accept what you've said. Instead, I'm going to take you and I'm going to I'm going to transform you into something that I'm, I can deal with. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make God in my own image. That's an idol. Yeah. And we do stuff. I'm peace. People do stuff like that a lot. Yeah. They did it here. Mm -hmm. It's done today. Yeah. How important is it to listen to what God has to say? Oh, it's extremely important. You know, it's extreme because that idol can't do that for you. It's going to lie to you. That idol will lie to you. God Every won't. Time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for being our God, for being so patient with us, for being so full of grace and mercy and, and for loving us so intently. We pray your blessings upon us that we will strive, Father, to, to have the kind of heart that you will create in us to allow that to happen so that we can love you in return. Bless us, Father, as we move forward. Bless us, Father, as we strive to, to make application of these things in our lives so that we can be the people that your son died to make. Thank you, Father, for that. And we love you. And we thank you that you love us in return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.